0: Hour Number two of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon, and this is the program where we talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of increasing insanity, which is the American cultural and political landscape, and uh, we are continuing with our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. We don't talk much about the Democrats on this program, Leah, for a couple of different reasons. One, I have always been convinced that Hillary Clinton will be the nominee. And I'm just as convinced as I ever have been, especially after watching Saturday Night Live last night. I know you missed it. Uh, but, you know, they've had Larry David from Seinfeld fame uh, and his own show on HBO uh, play Bernie Sanders for the last several months to much oh, acclaim. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. last night uh, he was on, Larry David was as Bernie Sanders, and they literally had him tell the audience to vote for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> um that's how in the tank snl and the rest of the news media is for hillary clinton it was almost like a manager going up to a pitcher who's pitched a pretty good game but you know sorry it's over tap them on the shoulder give me the ball it's over buddy right. let right uh, let's let's move on
1: thanks for playing thanks for
0: playing that's exactly what it felt like and if and if, if you are interested in our coverage of why Hillary Clinton will be the Democratic nominee, I urge you to go to freespeechbroadcasting.com and check out the podcasts of last week's show. During uh, about three-quarters of the first hour last week, we spoke with Democratic Congressman John Yarmuth, my good friend from Louisville, Kentucky, who I thought explained very well uh, just why it is that he is a Hillary Clinton superdelegate who um, under almost no circumstances would ever change and why he's quite sure uh, that Hillary will be the Democratic nominee. So I think I, I have never fallen prey to this notion uh, that Bernie Sanders might pull off this upset if for no other reason than the fact that, that he's a socialist. Well, she, yeah, he's a socialist. That's number one. But you know what? <laughs> I will say this. that You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because even though he's not going to be the nominee, we should still be scared out of our our wits.
1: Amen. The
0: fact that he has done as well as he has, especially among younger people. Amen. Um, it is it is unbel it is unbelievable, although all too believable, that young people in this country now are effectively socialists, and it, it's not just you know it's not just being progressive or super liberal. No no no. The moniker socialist is a positive to them. It's unreal. That is where we are in this country, and it's way worse than even the 60s, folks. I realize every generation has always said, oh, the younger generation. No, 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 no. This one really sucks, okay? They are they are true blue socialists, and they don't have a clue. And boy, oh, boy, are the ramifications of that going to be massive in the not-too-distant future. But it's not going to be this time around. Uh, Sanders will not be the nominee. And uh, check out that interview um, that uh, we did with Congressman Yarmuth last week at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Now, we continue with the the Republican side, and I I will acknowledge I'm having a real difficult time getting pumped up to discuss who will be the GOP nominee, largely because I'm kind of in the position of—
1: difference at this point does it make
0: because she's going to be the nominee and oh by the way i, I forgot to, to mention because i've mentioned numerous times on the program before why it was i was so positive she has the ultimate goalkeeper and that's barack obama that's right
1: no we, matter what happens
0: no matter how bad it got she could always go to obama and obama could bail her out and say stop it okay stop it people wake up this is not this bernie sanders thing is not going to happen get in line And enough of, and they would, they would, they would get in line. We don't have anybody like that, for better or for worse. We don't have anybody. We hate all those people. Right, we hate all of our supposed (laughs) leaders. So, and and I've said that from day one of this race. Right, I don't know how much you remember it because you don't seem to remember anything I say, kind of like my wife. But, (laughs) but I've said it numerous times on this program that that was a defining difference. That's why our side was prone to somebody like Trump and why they were not prone to having Bernie Sanders as their nominee because they've got an adult in the room to go, stop it. We don't. We don't trust anybody, and understandably so. So anyway, with that as the backdrop, I'm struggling with, okay, if it is going to be Trump or Cruz. And by the way, I still think Kasich is theoretically – a plausible nominee here, mainly because he does much better against Hillary than the other two. How he pulls that off, I don't know. But I I don't think it's insane. It's not completely insane for him to be sticking around, especially since the convention is in Cleveland, Ohio, where he's the governor of the state. But that that being said, almost all the talk, is it going to be Trump or is it going to be Cruz? And I've often used the analogy that this country is much like the Titanic, that we're going down, it's just a matter of how and when. Uh, we have already hit the iceberg, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm in, the, in the camp of let's try to delay the sinking as much as we can, as long as we can. And, unfortunately, that's not going to happen because we're actually going to dive this thing right into the water as fast as possible. Oh, my.
1: Uh, it is it is going at warp speed. Right. I mean, we, Mach
0: we're, 3. Yeah. We're, we're doing everything we can to sink the ship as fast as we can. All right. So if we use the Titanic analogy in a slightly different way. Here's how I see the GOP race. One of the um, things people don't understand about the Titanic, and they didn't even fully understand it when it happened, was that when they saw the iceberg, when those guys at the, at the, you know, that were in charge of where the Titanic was going, mm-hmm. when they saw the iceberg and they started the panic, right, had they done nothing, had they just had the ship go directly into the iceberg and go crash with the front of the sh- Titanic right into the iceberg, it would have been bad. But the ship would not have sunk. Now, they would have had to have been rescued, and, you know, it would have been a really bad situation. But in all likelihood, very few, if any, people would have died, and the ship probably wouldn't have even sunk because of the way it was built. Right. But, but they tried desperately to, to avoid the iceberg. And in avoiding the iceberg, they thought they had done so, but they didn't. Because the iceberg was mostly underwater, and it sliced the side of the ship all the way across, down the... For like half the ship And that's why it ended up sinking as fast as it did Now how does this relate to the GOP race The analogy I would use is this Where we're currently headed If we go straight into the iceberg We see what the Trump nomination Will do (laughs) It's like going directly into the iceberg We are going to lose And we are (laughs) probably going to lose Badly Potentially catastrophically If we do nothing to move this ship From where we're headed which is a Trump nomination However, I'm starting to believe that if we try desperately to swerve and somehow figure out a way to miss this Trump iceberg <laughs> and we go with Cruz, I think there's a chance that in the long it could be run, worse. <laughs> I think in the long run, it might even be worse because, yeah. because we'll lose, but we'll also delegitimize the entire process for at least a generation. For at least a generation, people will have zero confidence in a Republican primary because right. what difference does it make when you're your guy who has won the most votes and the most delegates and is probably going to come darn near close to the magic number of 1237 if he doesn't win the nomination? You see what I'm saying? Right. I see exactly what you're saying. So it's, it's not a crazy analogy. No. Uh, and no, I, it's not. And in fact, I'm actually leaning at this point towards – Let's go with Trump, because if if, if not if everything else is equal, if you're going to lose, first
1: of all, he'll be a lot more fun. Let's let's he will be a lot more fun. I mean, we will get to see a Trump and Clinton debate. <sighs> Which
0: will go disastrously, but it will at least be fun. Um, now, we may have also have to acknowledge here we'd lose the Senate and the House uh, with Trump. Cruz might be able to hold the House and maybe even the Senate, uh, depending on turnout. Are you
1: sure about that? Yeah, I guess you are. uh, I'm not sure.
0: I'm not sure, but certainly there's a better chance of holding the Senate and the House if Cruz is the nominee. But then you have to – but folks, Cruz folks have to understand, what are the circumstances after he gets the nomination? This is not a situation where we get Cruz, you know, as a virgin – uh, you know, from the beginning of the process. No, 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 no. This is a cruise that would be perceived as having stolen the nomination. Right. And therefore, 30 to 40 percent of the Republican base will go, screw you all. We're out of here. And so right. it's a de- debilitated cruise.
1: It's not the same cruise that you would have had.
0: Not that that was all that great <laughs> hey, shake uh, it's, four,
1: four or five it's- months ago. It's not even Cruz. It's Lion Ted. Yeah,
0: you're right. And, of course, they, and the other that's another point that's really great to make. Not only do you lose whatever percentage of Trumpsters, you're going to have a, an absolute irate Donald Trump with a media megaphone for the entire general election because they're going to love what he says, right? Yep. He's going to be basically destroying Ted Cruz for them. Of course. So, I, 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 at this point, Let's just go right into the iceberg. Let's just go. Don't even move. Don't even sound the alarms. You know, when, when rape is inevitable, lay back and enjoy it, basically. That's, that's my philosophy on Donald Trump at this point. All right. Um, now, speaking of just how bad it's going to be, uh, there's a couple of interesting stories related to that, which we'll get to when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor folks and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using My Pillow. You may have seen My Pillow's owner, Mike Lindell on their TV commercials. Well, My Pillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love My Pillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one My MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Together we make up the John and Leah Show, the 99th-ranked talk radio show in the country, according to (laughs) Talkers Magazine. But we made the top 100, which is pretty amazing for a show that's only on once a week on a Sunday night. And uh, Leah, one of the major subjects that we really like to get into because it's so important uh, is the issue of free speech. And while technically not a First Amendment issue at all, it's certainly a free speech issue that came up this week in what was by far the scariest story uh, with regard to the presidential election. One involving Facebook and whether or not they have pondered trying to prevent Donald Trump from being president of the United States. Tell us about
1: that. Okay, this is unreal. If you work at Facebook, you get an employee poll every week on questions to ask Mark Zuckerberg at the next Q&A. So a question from a recent poll was, what responsibility does Facebook have to help prevent President Trump in 2017? It was the fifth most popular question also on that poll. Facebook apparently skews the news on their feeds. Now, during the 2008 presidential election, Facebook secretly tampered with about 2 million user feeds, and they claim to have increased voter turnout. And we only know this because of an academic study that was released. Now, in 2010, their plan went on steroids, 61 million users uh, to try and impact voting behavior. Then again, 2012, they tampered with more feeds and determined that they can make you feel whatever they want you to feel. Now, Facebook also could start removing all the Trump related news gradually from our news feeds while increasing another candidate, and we may never be the wiser.
0: Now, and this sounds conspiratorial, and I am not a conspiracy person at all. I'm an anti conspiracy person, but it's not. It's incredibly easy based upon the way that Facebook works, and it's yes. obvious from this news story that there is a sentiment within Facebook to actually use the power that they clearly have based upon the the nature of the technology on which Mm -hmm. Facebook runs. So, So basically the only thing keeping Facebook from doing this is nothing other than, you know, maybe wanting to avoid a political headache if they got caught. That's basically it, because there's nothing legally. This is not a First Amendment issue. They're not a government entity, technically. um, And so, therefore, they can do whatever they want. They're a private company. And what's really the scariest part about this is that, and you've alluded to it, is that they could do this, and no one would know about it. Right, and they could do it incredibly effectively, and I've I've discussed and easily, easily. <laughs> well, I've already experienced this. I've been kicked off Facebook a couple of times for for doing things that that were not in any way close to in violation of their own standards and i right. guarantee that if i was a leftist or a or hell if i was a terrorist they, they would have defended <laughs> my, my right to speak they would never have suspended me but as a white male conservative you're you're guilty until you're proven innocent by the way you have no way to prove your innocence because there's no way to talk to a human being uh this this to me was a very scary story and one that I think is where we're headed in the not-too-distant future. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure it's going to impact this election so much, but um, down the road, how does a Republican ever get elected when you've got Facebook and Google on the other side? All right, when we come back, um, I want to talk about uh, a couple other things related to Donald Trump. Is he a racist? That's what the media tells us now on The John and Leah Show. The John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Continuing with our weekly look at the race to the White House 2016, specifically on the GOP side. And we have said many, many times that one of the reasons why Donald Trump will be a decided underdog should he be the GOP nominee against Hillary Clinton is that for the first time in his life, he's going to face the entire liberal establishment going after him in every way imaginable. And when I say liberal establishment, I mean basically the establishment of the country. We're talking about the news media establishment, uh, academia, Hollywood. I mean, heck, George Clooney just uh, held a fundraiser in Los Angeles over the weekend that raised millions and millions of dollars uh, for Hillary Clinton. Uh, he, he will be facing a lot of people that he used to think of as his friends are going to be now his mortal enemies because anybody that gets in Hillary's way, anybody that has the Republican name next to them is inherently the bad guy. And, of course, mm-hmm. one of the ways that they do this, it's very it's like in the first page of their playbook now, Leah, is to call the Republican a racist. Now, we've discussed the fact that there's been controversy Uh, in academia, uh, in college campuses, even in high school, over the issue of Trump supporters being portrayed as racists. There's news on that front, as well as on the front of former black contestants on The Apprentice now claiming (laughs) that Donald Trump suddenly is racially insensitive. Tell us about both those stories.
1: Okay, so on social media, they're calling it the chalkening. You may have seen this. Uh, The latest one, students at universities across the country just writing support for Donald Trump in chalk uh, on various places around the campus. DePaul University is where the latest incident occurred. Someone dared to write, make DePaul great again. So DePaul's black student union accused the college Republicans of a hate crime. They say that the chalking was organized, supported Donald Trump, supports the police, and Israel. So, the vice president for student affairs even sending an email claiming the message was offensive, offensive, hurtful, divisive, and could endanger their tax-exempt status. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's no word yet on whether emergency counseling was offered (laughs) as it was at Emory University. By the way, the chalkening also happened on the Walk of Champions here uh, in Alabama at the University of Alabama. And in fact, it was written in chalk in front of Nick Saban's statue, and it looked like he was clapping at it.
0: And what happened there? Anybody get fired? Anybody get kicked nope. out of school? And Anything like that? Nope. Okay. No
1: counseling. Um, all right. <laughs> Nothing utter, like that.
0: Utter insanity. Okay, what about The Apprentice?
1: Okay, so two former contestants from The Apprentice talked with the ultra-liberal host, Alan Combs, about whether or not Donald Trump was a racist. Now, the runner-up on the very first season was a businessman named Kwame Jackson. And he says he saw absolutely no racism during the show, while they were filming, or even after the show. Uh, He was called back for different real estate deals and things like that until 2008. And in 2008, he claims that the birther movement is racist uh, that Donald Trump kind of jumped on. Also, Alan Combs brought on Dr. Randall Pinkett. He won The Apprentice, and Pinkett says that Trump had asked him if he should have hired the runner-up to something that he'd never done to anyone else. So he thinks at best it's racial insensitivity, insensi- in, well, I can't even say the word. Insensitivity. <laughs> thank you.
0: It's racially and... incentive, insen- insensitive.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, let's leave that word out. And at its worst, it's downright racism.
0: Okay, um, well, let's...
1: It's just flat out ridiculous.
0: I mean, thank you, Charles. <laughs> I couldn't Thanks. have said it better myself. Appreciate I mean, here's, here's the reality, all right? Uh, there've been a bunch, a bunch of these uh, former apprentices, not the celebrity mm-hmm. variety, because there's been two different versions of Donald Trump's TV show on NBC. The the non-celebrity Apprentice right. it started. Then they realized people don't care about you know real human beings. They want to see celebrities under the same circumstances. Right. And so the celebrity Apprentice. It uh, was actually a much longer period of time, I believe, than the the original apprentice. But anyway, here's the reality. So a bunch of these former apprentices, who nobody's ever paid any attention to for the last several years, came out in various ways this week to say that Donald Trump should not be president. Some of them implied he was a racist, or at least he had insensitivity towards racial issues, which there's no evidence of that at all. Um Look, I watch The Apprentice a lot because my wife really liked the show. I specifically watch The Celebrity Apprentice quite a bit. And I think that watching that show is one of the major reasons why I don't believe Donald Trump would be a good president at all. Uh, But it's not because— He makes
1: terrible decisions. Terrible. I mean,
0: it is scary to watch his thought process in the so-called boardroom deciding who to fire and who not. I mean, it is almost like a juvenile— not a, worse than a juvenile. It's almost like an infant. It's almost infantile, his mm. thought process. My wife and I would joke with each other. The best strategy is you just got to plant a, the right seed in his little brain, and right. then sit back and let it grow, and then he thinks it's his idea, and <laughs> everything's going to work out just fine for you. And mm-hmm. um, it's really scary that this that guy could be theoretically the president of the United States. But with regard to the—I'm the, the, going to shoot down the racism thing, as well as also articulate his really poor decision-making. The one thing I'll always remember about The Celebrity Apprentice, the moment I go— what the hell is this? Is when it got down to Arsenio Hall. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and Clay Aiken. Okay. Now, Clay Aiken, <laughs> of course, is gay. He ran as a Democrat for Congress and lost. Um, and Clay Aiken was like the best celebrity apprentice there ever was. I mean, he was perfect in every possible way. And Arsenio Hall was terrible. I yep. mean, he didn't raise nearly as much money. His project stunk. But Arsenio Hall was black. And Clay Aiken was white, although I don't know if he got any points for being gay or not. And somehow Donald Trump decided that Arsenio Hall (laughs) was the winner of the Celebrity Prentice. And I instantaneously thought, wow, okay, this guy is either a moron or he's got something else in in his mindset here that he's like he's he's trying to you know save up into his his racial bank account in case he gets in jail one day he can you know it call doesn't work call up uh, Arsenio <laughs> Hall and say see I'm not a racist I picked Arsenio Hall over Clay Aiken um, I don't know what was it, what it was all about but he's not a racist he's got plenty of black friends as if that helps you when you're a Republican as soon as you're a Republican having black friends doesn't mean anything no because they're all Uncle Toms right of course. They're not real blacks because otherwise they wouldn't be your friend uh-huh right. see see how that works it's amazing yeah
1: it is <laughs> um
0: now as, as far um so so look both of these issues are bogus but what it shows is that we're only in april and the news media is already sharpening the knives they they oh, yeah. i mean they are already going after him uh as if he'll be the nominee i still think you know there's a better than 50 50 chance he will be the nominee uh, and a, a, about a 90% chance, if he is the nominee, if not more, that he'll lose to Hillary Clinton, largely because of these reasons. And it's already starting But, John, starting
1: to- the media's turned on him ever since the beginning, and he still has been fine. It's not going to make any difference.
0: He's been fine in what way? No, what, what,
1: that's what they say. That's what the Trump people oh, say. Oh,
0: oh yes, yeah. I know. I, I'm the sorry. media's
1: never been on his side. Oh, I
0: know. You were playing Trumpster there. I'm sorry. Yes. I apologize. It's getting a little late in the show. No, you're because <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. In the Trumpster world, in the delusions mm-hmm. of the Trumpster fan, oh, don't worry. This is all going to be fine. Once he targets Hillary, he'll go over the media's heads, and he'll be able to convince the 70% of the American public who has a negative view of him. That somehow he'll make a better president than the person that the news media is telling everybody is the most qualified. Person ever, and would be the first female president ever. Yeah, like that's, that's gonna work. Right. That yeah, that's
1: it's just flat out ridiculous.
0: But um, and and look, the the news media having turned on him in the last month or two, as well as some other things, has had an enormous impact on his polling numbers against Hillary since last November, which I think is an important point. You know, after Thanksgiving, people at least start to semi-focus on the race. Since after Thanksgiving of last year, Donald Trump has not beaten Hillary. Clinton head-to-head outside of the margin of error of n- any poll, not one national head-to-head poll since Thanksgiving of last year. And since Mitt Romney's speech at the beginning of March, calling him a scam artist or and a fraud and all that, which he got derided for, got universally criticized and mocked for, ever since that especially speech... Especially by Trump. <laughs> yeah, well, especially Well, that's of course, of course. <laughs> uh, but But ever since Mitt Romney's speech, there have been... 13 major head-to-head national polls between Hillary and Donald Trump. Hillary has won every single one of those 13 by at least six points. And the highest percentage of vote that Donald Trump has gotten was 41%. That's... Mm -hmm landslide territory and don't give me this business that it's only April in the last five presidential elections the person who was winning in April won the election. We are living in very different times now. No one changes their minds. We've got media fragmentation, so everyone can get whatever information they want and they are almost literally able to box out any negative information that they don't want to hear. So That's the number of people doing. that yeah. are the number of people that are open to changing their mind via information is minuscule. And you've got two people here, Hillary and Trump, that are about as well known as any two candidates could possibly be at this point so who's changing their mind and how unless there is a major catastrophe whether it's economic or terrorist related those are the only two things that i can conceive of that would be real live game changers he's going to lose it's just a matter of how much again barring a catastrophe and she's not getting indicted folks so don't give me that fantasy
1: no because you know she's got barack obama to uh, not order the Department of Justice to do something. Well, forget about him doing that, because that would be
0: um, uncomfortable, even for Obama, although he, he could get away with it if he wanted to, because, heck, he's Barack Obama. They'll drag Obama. this
1: thing out.
0: Right, but here's, here's, the, here's the real reason why we know Hillary's not getting indicted, and I, I can't stand the fact that so few conservatives use their brains in the situation. If that was even remotely possible, that she was going to get indicted, Obama would know, and if Obama knew that, what would joe biden have done he would have jumped in joe biden would have run as security as a backup plan and that didn't happen. And so when Joe Biden didn't run, we knew then that the White House had zero expectation that Hillary was going to get indicted. You cannot tell me that somebody in this process, if they thought the handwriting was on the wall and that Hillary was going to get indicted, they wouldn't tell Barack Obama or someone close to him. It's exactly. not plausible. It's it's absurd. It's, thank you, one it's more time. It's just flat out ridiculous. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate your help in this segment. Okay, when we come back, uh, the New York primary is this week. Um, So I'll give you my prediction on that and uh, where I think the uh, GOP race is headed. And then in hour number three, we've got a bunch of really interesting stories that are not directly politically related uh, that I'm really, really looking forward to getting to. So we'll do that when we come back on The John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. If you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com, among other things, new this week, is the, uh, the story where Talkers Magazine... Named uh, this program is one of the top 100 radio talk shows in the country, uh, but not by a large margin. We were number 99. 99! Uh, you, ch- you can check that out. Pretty darn good for a show that's only on once a week on Sunday nights. Uh, you also see the updated uh, percentages for who will win the GOP nomination and who will be the next president, uh, president of the United States. And I'm still in the camp, Leah, that Donald Trump will be the nominee, although I'm not positive of it. I believe it's currently 60%. It might be a little bit higher than that if I had a gun to my head. Uh, and, and the reason is this. Uh, not only is, is Ted Cruz not surging like he should, and Donald Trump has actually had a very good week of polling, but I'm always, when in doubt, I always ask myself, okay, does the media have a consensus about what they want? Oh, yes. And if, if there is a consensus about what the news media wants, there's a darn good chance the news media, if there's any doubt at all, they're going to get what they want. And Because when they work together in unison, they're still very powerful. They have lost their power individually. But when they all decide, not in a conspiratorial way, but just because they're pursuing their own self-interest, when they act together towards a common goal, they almost always get that goal. Almost always. Oh, sure. And what's their goal here? What is the scenario that would make them the happiest? The scenario that would make them the happiest is if Donald Trump almost clinches the nomination before Cleveland. They would like that scenario because it gives them the drama ...of the contested convention, which oh, yes. which gives them aroused, because it's ratings in July, uh, and plus, you know, they get to actually pretend that they're real reporters as opposed
1: to just spokesmodels. And, and all that riot gear has been ordered, so they <laughs> cannot wait!
0: Right, and so, that, so, so they want the contested convention, but they also want Trump to be the eventual nominee, because let's face it, while it's nice to have big ratings for one week in July... They don't want to give up the the Bafo ratings in September, October, and early November All of right. a Trump-Hillary battle. Um, the cruise. And Cruz will not bring those. No, there will be no numbers for Cruz-Hillary. It'll be a massive. Let down It'd be kind of like you know when you go to see a, a hit Broadway play and you get that announcement just before the, the 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 drawing of the curtains that the starring role tonight will be played by the backup. Right. <laughs> that's, that's that's basically what the, what, me- what? the media's reaction will, will, would be if Donald Trump was replaced by Ted Cruz. The part of Donald Trump tonight will be played by <laughs> Ted Cruz. That will not go over well.
1: Right <laughs> got the right gear
0: with the news media. So the scenario they want is for Trump to go into the. Game, convention with somewhere between let's say 1150 and 1200 delegates because then he'll eventually win but we get the contested convention uh, and if it's somehow stolen from him it's almost a consolation prize because it'll be so obviously stolen if he's that close that they can they can live with themselves with that's not their first choice but at least it ensures hillary will be president and as you said the riot gear has already been ordered so that's the scenario they want and frankly, I think it's also the scenario Donald Trump wants. I think I, I think Donald Trump, if you asked him, I think he would he would like to go to, into the convention with about twelve hundred delegates because that gives him the option. <laughs> that gives to him get the, out of it right. That gives him the <laughs> option of winning if he wants to win and bailing if he wants to bail and be yes. able to plausibly say it was stolen from him. And I'm not I'm I'm being totally serious here. I think that's what Trump wants. And so, if the media wants it, and Trump wants it, you know, all things being equal, kind of like you know w- water, you know goes downhill, <laughs> you know goes with gravity. That's kind of what's going to happen here. I think we're going to end up with Trump at his like twelve hundred dollar. It's just short, you know, in that range, just short of the twelve thirty seven number. Now, mathematically, it's still possible he gets to twelve thirty seven. If it's going to happen, he has to win big in New York on Tuesday. And here's how this works. And what's fascinating about the New York primary is that literally two or three percentage points will make a massive difference in Donald Trump's delegate total. There are 95 delegates up for, for grabs in New York. Trump is dominating every single poll. Only one poll has him under 50%. If he were to get, let's say, 54 or 55% statewide in New York, he would almost assuredly get maybe all 95 delegates. If he didn't get all 95, he'd get 93, 94, somewhere Whoa. in that range. So it would be a complete and total blowout. And if that happens, 1237 is very easy. Mu- well, it's not easy, but it's very much on the table. Very much on the table. However,. If he were to only get, let's say, 49% of the vote, he may only end up with 60 uh, delegates out of New York, and Cruz and Kasich would get the other 35. And he that that would be a situation where now Trump's almost running on fumes because New York was considered to be, you know, his his big his. Trump card to use a, a phrase that I'm sure he would love, uh, since he loves his name. And so so New York is really important not for who wins but by what Trump's number's gonna be. It is plausible he's going to get to fifty-four, fifty-five. If I had to guess, I think it's going to be a little bit lower than that. I think it'll be fifty-two, fifty-three, and that means it'll be late into the night to determine whether or not he won all those congressional districts. But the real and most important number is for him to get over fifty percent statewide. If he gets over fifty percent statewide, he's he's perfectly fine. He you know, he's 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 heading towards at the very least the scenario outline I outlined where he'll get in that twelve hundred range and he'll be able to win it if he wants to win it or claim it was stolen from him if he wants to claim it was stolen from him so that's what i think will happen in new york and why new york is important and then of course uh, pennsylvania new jersey and here in california he's doing very well in the polling in the most recent poll which indicates uh that uh, there's a very good likelihood he'll be the nominee all right when we come back for our number three of the john and leah show a whole bunch of stories that don't have a lot in common but i'm eager to talk about and i hope you'll listen Coming up next on The John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.